Welcome back, everyone, to the Smoking Snake Podcast. This is episode 82 of the Only English Language Podcast, all about Brazilian football. I'm your host, Peter, joined, as always, by Enric. Uh, we are not alone, though. We've got a third, and it's a very special guest. Uh, today, we're joined by journalist and commentator Rodrigo Lazzarini. He currently works with TNT. Uh, live basketball Brazil and of course if you're listening to this podcast you should also be tuning in every week for the Brasileirao play broadcast where he is a commentator you'll recognize his voice so very big and warm welcome to Laza Rodrigo thanks so much for joining us uh Peter thank you very much for having me here it's a pleasure Enric also Guys, you're like amazing for for us. I mean, not speaking only by myself, but for everyone in in a broadcast that that brought us together today here. It's just amazing. But thank you very, very much for for having me here. It's a great pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure having you as well, uh, Laza or Rodrigo, who however you want to be called. So. <laughs> Thanks again. It's, it's going to be an awesome episode and we're going to be here talking about your favorite team. So maybe I shouldn't be wearing this jersey. Oh, man. Great one. I like it. I like it. The, the last season I, one. I'm on theme oh. too. That's great. <laughs> Palestra, Italia. <laughs> but do it, can can I just start with a fun fact here? Of course. Uh, Lazda, of course, is from my my Lazarini's name, but it all started in the U.S. when I, because I, I, I did my senior year in high school in the United States and people, you know, you guys are not very familiar with the R that they are. Yeah. And, and of course, people say, okay, Rodrigo is not a very common American name. So let's just go by Laza. So <laughs> it all started there. So it's for me, it's just like a pleasure. Everybody knows me with uh, Laza. So it's just fine. But And I miss America, man. I'm going to tell you guys, I really miss America. It's, I don't know, maybe for, I, have, I think I have still a little bit more to go here but i i really want to go there and you know stay for a couple more years i don't know it's just life we never know where it's gonna take us right exactly i mean america's great but brazil is great as well and that's why we're here we want to know more about you and one of the first questions that we would like to ask you is where did you grow up and how did you find the love and passion for the sport to begin with it's it's a great question, Eric. I'm gonna tell you that I'm a huge, huge sports fan. Not only soccer, not only basketball, but football, baseball. I played baseball there, man. Come on, how, how can you imagine a Brazilian playing <laughs> baseball? I do have another story that I'm gonna tell you guys in a bit. But uh, my uncle is a basketball head coach here in Brazil. He's retired right now, but. 
since I was like, since I remember with like four or five years old, my mom, my dad, everybody was just like, man, you have to go into sports like swimming and soccer. And, and, and I do have a son that's, he's like four, he's ab about to turn four. And, and I try to introduce him to every single sport. So he is, he loves basketball. He loves soccer and he loves Palmeiras, of course, but, <laughs> and, and now he's, he's starts swimming. So it's nice. And, and I think that sports is really, really great, but I feel like, and I know the difference from a perspective, being a Brazilian living in the U S sports in the U S is like in a culture here. It's not in a culture. Okay. Here it's for fun. As uh, I I listened to the podcast that you guys did with Marcelo Ferrantini, and he said uh, something that is very true that people spend money. I mean, on soccer here, it's it's totally crazy. But the culture in the US, I think it's more. I think the sports in the United States, and and I I mean I've I've never been to Europe to to explore the culture like that far, but I feel like there's. Monday morning soccer for us here, the Premier League, something big. But I I grew up in a family where sports were like every TV, the TV in the home was like on the soccer games, you know, and I was like, man, I was just like amazed by, by sports and, and the opportunities. I feel like everybody and, and should like try at least wants to practice sport or, or have like the opportunity to to do it so so i i think it's a huge very it's a very important i grew up in a city called ribeirão preto it's like 300 kilometers uh, about 200 miles from sao paulo from the capital and in the beginning of to the age 200 so 2000 2001 2002 they had a very big basketball team there, and it was branded after the school that I that I studied. It's called COC here in in Brazil, and and there was like man, everybody traveled to Ribeirão to play basketball there. It was funny because uh, back in the day, like when I was like five six, I was practicing soccer. But I was I was really into basketball, you know. I was really into basketball, and and I did not like. I stopped playing soccer when I was like 10, 11. Of course, doing physical education here, we had like the PE gym gym classes, and but it was nice to to grew up on a on a family on a place and and a school where like sports were huge, so. Uh, I had this this opportunity, so for me it was very very nice, and and especially like I don't know, man, it's it's a city that's about half million inhabitants, so we did have a lot of we do have like two teams, Botafogo of Ribeirão Preto, Botafogo that is playing the first division of the Campeonato Paulista, the Paulistão is from from the city, so it's nice to to have like a. a Big club in a sport. So uh, I grew up playing basketball more than soccer. So, but 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 I know soccer, it's in our DNA culture. It's soccer. Every single person here in Brazil are going to be talking about soccer. Of course, someone has a team. 
but I feel like it's it's so unique, man. It's so unique. It's a it's a city called Ribeirão Preto. So I moved to São Paulo almost a decade ago to start working, but we do have a lot to talk about. It's a it's a nice city. I mean, yeah, definitely a nice city. And something that caught my ear is the you mentioned the name Ribeirão Preto, and I remember the first match that Santos played against Botafogo São Paulo, which you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So. Did you have did that have any impact of who you were going to support as a little kid uh watching soccer at home with your family or any of your family members fans of Botafogo or everyone is with Palmeiras? Uh, I mean of everybody's Palmeiras but I do have like a, a it's another team there's two teams in Ribeirão so Botafogo is like the very good one but there's a smaller one that used to play in a first division, the top fight of the Campeonato Paulista, called Comercial. That's a team where I really, like, really enjoy being around. And I did uh, uh, an internship there in my first year of college. So there's a little bit of a relationship there because I, I graduated in... I'm, a, I'm also... Uh, I did international relations when just when I came back from the U.S. And then I started journalism a little bit older but two degrees it's it's nice man my life has been just crazy man that's awesome to hear yeah. and uh like you've been mentioning you know you keep referring to your time in the u.s um saw actually on your linkedin that you uh that you lived in lansing new york yeah um so can you tell us a little bit about how you found your way from from the state of sao paulo <laughs> to all the way up to new york <laughs> Uh, and it, I mean, man, Lansing is a pretty cold city. Yeah. So believe it or not, Ribeirão is very, very hot. I mean, the temperature is around 80, 75 the whole year. And I remember when I got to, to New York, I got a, a text message from one of my friends saying, man, come on, it's so hot in here. It was like winter here in Brazil. And, and it was summer. In the U.S., I got there like in July of 2009. Uh, there's a program called Rotary. I don't know if you guys know about it, mm -hmm. but uh, my mom was a Rotarian, and I had I my uncle, the basketball coach, did a, uh, an exchange program to Canada, like in 1970s or something like that. And and he said, man, you should go to the U.S. And I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I remember all, my, all, all of my friends traveling to Disney, to Orlando. I said, man, come mm -hmm. on. I'm, I don't want to go. You know, I, I, I like Florida. I'm a Miami Heat fan also. But I said, no, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explore. I'm going to try this new adventure to explore the culture. And it's just like the, the rotary works in a way. I just pick like three countries that I really want to travel, that I really want to leave. And I selected the US, Canada, and Finland. I, I I'm a, mm. I'm a, I, I like the cold, you know, I like the snow. Okay. So, and when I had the, the information, they, they sent me an email and say, okay, you're moving to Lansing, New York. I said, well, Lansing, New York, man, I have no fucking idea where this places and i and i google it it's in it's a town with like i don't know two thousand people <laughs> there there's no lights in the street and i say man i'm traveling to a nowhere i have no idea but it was like a, a amazing experience the the best year for my life 
no doubt about it. I learned so much with the the guys, you know, and and I still do have like a relationship with a lot of them. Um, you know, one of my the, one of the my hosts, he just uh, his son just born like a month ago, so uh, I watch his his wedding during the pandemic throughout Zoom. So it was like unbelievable to watch like a wedding in the US in in a platform, you know? So it was really, really nice. And it's a city there. Uh, I mean, I went to the, I went to cover the NBA draft in 2019. I was a, a ESPN reporter in that draft of the, the Zion Williams and what? Mm -hmm. And I traveled to, to Itaca. That's like really close to, to New York. So, I had the opportunity also to to spend a couple of days there once again. I I travel. I spent like New Year's back in the day. So after my exchange year there, I I grew a relationship with the the community. And I since I don't know since my high school, my senior in high school, I I went back like four or five times. So it's it's really nice. And it's a very unique place. I mean, there's, I mean, it's right by right by Ithaca. So I, I think people know Cornell a lot. It's a Ithaca, a, a bigger city. So, but Lansing, I mean, it's charm, man. I I think I, I and I'm like planning to to travel there once again to to bring this time my son with me. So I don't know. I'm I'm planning on that. And and I, how I said I love the cold and 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 we got snow from October through March, man, crazy, crazy amount of snow. But I I really enjoy it. Well, it's great that you like snow. I personally don't. I would rather be in a hot place. But it seems <laughs> like it seems like uh, New York or U.S. in general has been a very important place in your life, and it's probably impacted your decisions in the future. One of those being being a commentator for Brasilia Rob play. So how did this opportunity come to place and why did you start working there? Eric, I'm going to tell you that's the man, the perfect question because how I, how I told you guys, when I came back to Brazil after my exchange year, I said, man, I'm going to be a diplomat. Come on. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to. So I started the, the international relations, international affairs college. I graduated like four years after and then i talked to my host family there and say well i'm gonna try to leave in the u.s i'm gonna try to to find a job there i, I really like the u.s man I, I as i told you guys i've never been to europe my sister lived in in netherlands and also portugal and i never visited her because i said oh, every single opportunity that i have every single vacation i'm Going to the US, I'm, I, as you know, it's it's just crazy. But uh, going back to your question, I after I graduated in international relations, I said, "Man, I'm gonna go to the US," and I started watching a lot of basketball, and and also uh, I started writing a lot. And and people said, "Man, why don't you go to a journalist school? Why don't you become a journalist?" I said, well, uh, that, that sounds interesting. I never did. Let's do it. And while I was, I, I lived in Cincinnati back in, in 2016, 15, I don't remember now the, the year, I uh, live in, in Ohio. And when I was there, a guy called Thiago from, from Brazil here, they, he had a, a, a website that covers the, the NBA and the college basketball. But 
in Brazil, people have no clue what is the NCA. Have people have no clue what's the the college, what college means to the U.S. culture. Now we go back to culture once again. And he said, man, we need someone to cover the college. We need someone to cover NBA and and you guys and I, you live in the U.S. You know you are watching the the games and everything. And I said, man, okay, let's do it. Let me try. I never really published a, an article before, and and so it always started when I was in the U.S. And when I came back in 2016 to Brazil, I said, man, okay, I'm gonna do another college. So imagine people in my my grade there. I was like studying with 18, 19 years old, and was like 26, 25, like working in the morning and having classes at night. So it was like crazy life as I have right now. So, but it all started there. And and when I was like in my second year of college, uh, they called me to become an internship, an, an inter in NBB, the Brazilian Basketball League. So I had to move to Sao Paulo. And when I moved to Sao Paulo, man, my, 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 You know, the the opportunities here are just like crazy. We do have so many connections and 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 I had the, the opportunity to to find a, a, an angel in my life that's called Ricardo Romani, that he was in one of the, the uh, you guys probably heard him also in our broadcast. And Romani, he was one of the the executives in the ESPN here in Brazil. So we had a lot of opportunities, as I said to you guys. I I went to the NBA draft. I was a reporter in a in a broadcast here in Brazil. We did had DG uh, Lozada, the man that, that was drafted like 35, crazy one. But and also, so he he always was by my side. And when the Brasileirão started in 2020, he called me, bro. It was like I don't know. Uh, let's say February, March, and I was having feijoada. I remember this. It was like a Saturday, 1 p.m. I was having feijoada for my lunch, and and he said, "Okay, I have uh, I have something for you." I said, "Okay, okay, what?" And he said, "Oh, we're gonna broadcast the Brazilian games in English." And I said, "Man, I never did a, a broadcast. I never." Did a, a soccer broadcast, being a, a, a play-by-play or a, com a color commentator, and he said, "Oh, you're you're doing it. Let's let's do the test, and 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 you can handle it." I say, "Okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I I can speak English. I can try to to translate my thoughts in in <laughs> in the way that I see the game. Let's let's see how it's gonna work." And it all started there, bro. So with a phone call from Ricardo Romani, he he invited me to to the project, and and was like just amazing. We're going to our fourth season, if I'm not mistaken, but I think it's this. So so Romani is a, a guy that really put me into to soccer broadcasts because I was like a hundred percent focus on basketball. Got it. Yeah, that's. I mean. It's it's crazy how um, how, you know, you guys are you, all the commentators that we've had on. You have all these different paths that you could see, you know, some of the through lines. But like you said, you had, you know, an angel in your life that there's just like these 
random coincidences that if they didn't happen, I mean, who knows? You'd be just all about basketball and we we wouldn't even know you. Yeah, that that's crazy, man. That it's it's uh, something that you always being like, man, you guys and I say it's a pleasure for me like to have a chat with you guys that man, uh, and I once again, uh, I always talk to my to my son I say, man, if you have the opportunity, I'm going to put you in an airplane and you're going to travel, you're going to study abroad because everything in my life really changed since I, I I was there, you know. So that's why Henry was telling me, like, the U.S. have a huge impact in my life, man. Everything. I mean, I became fluent in English living there. So it was funny because when I moved there, I did not speak a word. So it was hard for me in the beginning but it's it's fine i think it's fine nowadays <laughs> yeah i mean it could take probably a couple of years but then you get used to the language and one of the things that you mentioned earlier uh about finding the job at brasileiro play i believe marisa destry and eduardo bispo also are very thankful of ricardo romani for getting mm -hmm. that opportunity so there goes the connection and as always we really enjoy what you guys are doing there and Finally, for the first time ever, we get to hear Brazilian league commentator in English. So that's amazing. And, and it's totally different. It's a, it's, a, it's a ball game that we are learning also because the technology is there. Man, and once again, I said, we are broadcasting the Polystone now. So I don't know, maybe in a couple of years, we're going to be streaming, the, I don't know, Libertadores, something here on YouTube. Ah, it's crazy, man. The, the the technology helped us a lot. And, and this function especially because it also, uh, it was, you guys know, probably heard about Globo. That's like the biggest TV here in Brazil. So Global had all the contractors, the the the, the contracts they had like the Brasileirão in English, they had the Libertadores, the, the all the championships, and now with like the streaming board, it's it's out there. So it's nice. So it's very interesting to to see how it's progressing, man. And we are we are still learning because that things are happening right now. Can you I? What could be, I mean, in 2009, when I first moved there, we did not have WhatsApp. So I try, I, I talked to my family throughout Nextel. I don't know if you guys remember huh. that radio. Yeah. Man, come on, man. It was like <laughs> crazy. A hundred percent. Well, sure. again, yeah, uh, we really do appreciate your stuff on Brasil Road Play. But let's get into, you know, the reason we're here, football, soccer, um, I want to talk about Palmeiras. You're a passionate supporter of the club. Um, it's been really, it's, I'm sure it's been fun for you lately, um, but it always it wasn't always that way. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about maybe the era that you grew up in. Um, so kind of the 90s, early 2000s, Palmeiras, a lot of success, of course, culminating in 1999 with the Libertadores. Yeah. Um, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about that era of Palmeiras and the success they had? I mean, who were the big stars? Who were the big names? I, I mean, of course, the coach, Philly Pau, uh, would go on to win the World Cup too. But who were, you know, your idols as a as a child? Who, you know, what was that era like? I, I was born in 1991. So it was like when Palmeiras really turned around and, and started that Parmalat team that ended up uh, winning the, the Campeonato Paulista back there. But my my dad, my uncle, my 
grandpa, everyone from my family is a Palmeiras fan. So I think, of course, this helped. Yeah. And, but, you know, uh, I got a, an opportunity to see a, a squad, like as you mentioned, in 1999, that won the Copa Libertadores. Of course, we did not win the, the Mundial, the, the World Cup club there against Manchester United, one new for, for the Reds. But it was nice to see one of my biggest idols was Alex. I don't know if you guys remember him, the bald one. Alex, the number 10, the, the lefty one. Man, he was so, so good, so good. Of course, he's like a little bit in the 2000, early 2000s. So it was really when I was into to soccer. So when I was like seven, eight, my, my son watched some games with me. But he, of course, he can watch like 10, 15 minutes and then he go plays with his cars once again. Uh, but it's nice because this year he asked to to go to Allianz Park with me. So I'm I'm that's one of my goals for 2024. Bring my son to to the Allianz Park with me for a Palmeiras match. And but I mean I I saw the this 2000 squad that was like amazing. But I also got some really bad years with relegations and. And man, come on! If you go back to 2011 or 12, if 12, when at 12, when we won the, the Brazil Cup, the Copa do Brasil, and got relegated in that year, so we were playing the Copa Libertadores in the second division. I was like, man, no, what, what's wrong here? So, but I, we got a, a really ups and down, and of course. Everybody remembers, and I read a lot about the, the academy, the academia, the Midagia. I never, of course, watched it in place uh, live, but everyone said that, like, in the beginning of the 60s, Palmeiras was like, man, that club, the elite. So I, I think the, and, and I live like less than 10 minutes away from, from Allianz. It's so nice to see everyone around. And as you guys, of course, are following the the recent years, and I can most definitely say that's it's crazy to to oh man, come on, we won two Libertadores in one year. Sorry, Aaron, for the Santos one, but man, it's it's insane. But you know, and and we are living, and of course we are living a dream. We are we are living in a in a really nice way. But I do have like Alex, one of my biggest idols. I think he played really well and. Of course, Marcos, the goalkeeper, also the Brazilian national team goalkeeper back in 2002 when we won the last time the, the FIFA World Cup. So those are the two players that I really watched. I grew up watching for Palmeiras that, you know, got me there. And of course, I have some shirts of, of Dan. So it's it's nice, man. Yeah, nice. And and you, you made reference to it, but... Um, just a brief uh, step away from Palmeiras. What was that like in 2002 to win the World Cup? I mean, you were probably, <laughs> yeah, you were 11 years old, probably, you know, just yeah. worshiping these idols in this sport and they they brought home the ultimate prize. I mean, what was that like in Brazil and in your life? It must have been amazing. Man, I remember that I lived in a street where, because the, the 2002 World Cup uh, for for people that don't know, was played in Japan and Korea. 
So 12 hours apart from us. So we had most of the games during the night. And I remember my dad waking me up every single game. And and I lived in a, in a condo that we had like move theaters in the condo. It was like super nice. And we watched the Brazil-China game that the goal scored by Roberto Carlos on a free kick, a crazy one. Uh, it was like four nil, five nil that game. I don't remember the score. It was something around that. Um, but I remember my dad waking me up every single morning. Like we had games at like two a.m., three a.m., and and my mom was just like mad. She said, "Come on, man, he has like school. Come on, don't wake him up." And I was like, "No, please wake me up." And and I remember the final against Germany. We were, uh, I was at my grandpa's house. And we were like doing the barbecue, everybody together. The family was together to watch the game. And and what's like crazy, man? I felt like, come on, it, it's been a while. It's been forever that uh, it's that also they spend because I had like a lot of opportunities to well, come on. We are like closer to get some some other opportunities to win the World Cup, but nah, but in 2002, man. Totally, totally crazy, and and here in Brazil the parties were like insane. I remember uh, Vampita going out of the the airplane window when they landed here in São Paulo <laughs> to with the flag, and and then they they went to Brasilia, the the Brazil's capital, to to talk with the president. It was like insane, man, insane. And and I have also the I I also had the the opportunity to experience the World Cup in the US in 2010. The South Africa one, and for me it was just like I was frustrating. I was frustrated because you guys, not not you guys, but I mean the Americans don't really care about the World Cup, and and it was just I, I remember my dad calling me on Nextel saying, "Go, go, Paul, Brazil, Brazil," and I was like, "Man, I can't watch. It's not on TV, man. Come on, we're not. I'm not watching Brazil." So, well, it was it was nice and and. Once again, the culture. I had the the two opportunities to to explore that, but man, 2002. I I hope that we can win the next one, so my son can have this. But since the the next one is gonna be in the US, I think you guys can make at least to the semifinals. I'm cheering for that. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to purchase some tickets if we are able to go to those matches. And it's sad that Brazil hasn't really won this trophy since 2002. It's been 22 years now, and we the were longest hoping... the longest span, man, of Brazil. Exactly, and we were hoping it was gonna happen last year. It didn't, and the closest I think we ever got was that 2010 run when we lost against Netherlands, a game that I mm-hmm. remember really well. Robinho scoring, and then. I believe Schneider scored two goals or something like two that. Two goals, two headers, I think. Felipe yeah. Melo or Michel Bastos got a red card. So very unfortunate match. And going back to Palmeiras, um, you we mentioned obviously the 2002 season and the mm-hmm. Libertadores run in '99. But then you guys uh, had some yo-yo years in 2000 until the 2015. Mm-hmm. Later on that year, you guys won Copa do Brasil against Santos in penalty kicks. So what has been the most responsible for that stability and success for Palmeiras team winning all those trophies? Man, of course, a lot of uh, Palmeiras fans don't like the president, Leila Pereira, 
but you know it all started with Paul Mobb, the president before her, and they built up something that you know we cannot say that they are like taking all the distractions away from the locker room. But man, we're talking about money here, and and they really put on some big numbers, and of course we know the 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 results are there, so. Uh, the money really made a difference for Palmeiras and and Crefisa, that's the, the main sponsor today. It's uh it's a company here in Brazil run by Leila Pereira, the, the Palmeiras president. So she invested a lot in in Palmeiras and and of course uh in the past four years that Abel Ferreira for me yeah, Peter mentioned about about Filipão, man. Filipão is is for me a huge one. But are you guys ready for that? Abel Ferreira for me is the biggest Palmeiras <laughs> coach ever, man. So it's it's insane to think about. He's the longevity coach in activist here in Brazil. He and 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 Juan Pablo Voivoda both are like months apart, but. Abel is like four years here now in Brazil, and, and we know how soccer here works. We also in like in a average, every single team changes like twice or three times the coach throughout the Brasileirão, four <laughs> times during the year. It's insane. And and Abel Ferreira brought this project together, and he said, "I'm embracing this." Of course, I never heard about him. Before got here, I mean, sorry about Pauk fans. I don't watch the Greece League, but you know, it's it's just nice to see that he he and Leila, of course, they had some some trouble and not like really nice momentum, but now they are like together. And I really remember, uh, of course, speaking about last season a little bit, uh, that that turnaround that happened in the Brasileirão, I think that like Leila and Abel really had the conversation where he said, man, I'm going to take care of my team. You do all the distractions. You go to the media. You go talk to the press. I want to just focus on, on soccer. And I think that now they are like, come on. Uh, everybody was just scared because his contract was until 2000, December of 2024. And of course, everybody knows that the first week when he got back, they renew his contract. So he's staying for one more year. That's going to be five years. So I, I don't know, man. I, and I'm also excited. The big, of course, now nobody talks about that in Brazil. But everybody is also focused on the the FIFA Club World Cup that we're going to have in the U.S. next season. It's going to be Insane, I think, and and I think really Abel Ferreira, it's an opportunity for him to show his work to the world because we're gonna have like I think eight clubs from Europe. It's gonna be a, a really nice competition, and and I think that's gonna be it's gonna be the Palmeiras' main goal for next season. Nice, yeah, and I love what you said about Leila Ferreira and Abel Ferreira. I, I did seem that because there was a point in last season where people, I, you know, people are crazy on Twitter, but there were people calling for Abel to leave. 
Yeah. And um, when Palmeiras had like three straight losses. Yeah. July, yeah. June, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that I do think that, you know, you can critique her for the lack of signings or whatever. And they did. Mm-hmm. She really did a great job in, uh, you know, diverting the media, getting the pressure off about he concentrated on the one thing that he's amazing at, which is football and managing the team soccer. And they, they pulled it off. It was really, it was really impressive. We'll come back to that, that last season in just a little bit, but I want to ask you before we move on to 2023 about the back-to-back Libertadores wins. Uh, (laughs) Of course, the first was over Santos. Uh, Two very interesting goals uh, in these games that gave you guys the wins. Uh, Of course, Kuka getting ejected. And then uh, I think it was Breno Lopes scored right after. And then the second one, uh, the versus Flamengo, Andres Pereira gives the ball away and Daverson (laughs) scores. So two pretty memorable goals. But what were those finals and those campaigns like for you? Um, You know, were you, um, you know, how were you feeling in those finals? And, uh, you know, where do you rank those in terms of trophies that you've seen Palmeiras win? Man, uh, the the two Libertadores is for for me was like unique. I, I, how I said to you guys, I, I remember the 1999 Libertadores, but I was like eight years old. Those two was like four years ago. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was like into the industry and we were like working. And, and the first one I remember was like during the pandemic. And man, I said, okay, I'm going to go to the supermarket and I'm going to buy a couple beers. I'm going to enjoy this game. I, I ended up, I know, so drunk that night i was like <laughs> trying to find something to do i was like man i need to go to a party you need to you know see someone to to celebrate with but of course i didn't do anything because it was <laughs> like we we're like in the middle of the, the pandemic and but against santos um uh, i don't know it's a state rivalry we do have like a lot of Towards it, if Flamengo became Flamengo after the 2019 Libertadores when they won over over Hever Plate with that two uh, goals by by Gabigol in overtime and and Palmeiras and so and Flamengo was the team to be beaten here in Brazil and of course you guys also are following the news they just brought like. De La Cruz, man, crazy. And and I think this, this year of 2024, it's going to be hard for every single team to beat Flamengo, especially with Chichi. But but Palmeiras in, in that game against Santos, I think I was like so impressed with the campaign and, and how Abel adjusted the team because he's the guy that, you know, we had like Luan and, and Gomez, Marcos Rocha, and he brought some, some pieces Man, I'm sorry. Breno Lopes was playing in Juventude in second division. And Abel said, man, I'm going to bring this guy to Palmeiras and I'm going to put him in a final of the Copa Libertadores. No, come on. Yeah, it's something, of course, the, the as you just said, the the players, we we look at the bench and we don't have a, a deep roster, you know. It's, 
man, it's uh, some kids from from the youth system that are are composing the the roster of Palmeiras. But and when I said, I said, man, he's putting Ben Lopez on a I don't know second overtime of of the match. Who? Why is he doing that? And it's man, he has the the star. You know, it's it's just crazy those those momentums and and against uh, Flamengo. I think the semis was against River, uh, where we won three new in in Buenos Aires in Monumental. I said, man, unbelievable! Gabriel Menino had a spectacular game, and it was like two new in the Allianz Park for River. And I mean, I remember them like getting the ball uh, to the woodwork uh, a lot, and it was like, man, and Everton was having like a terrible game. And I said, okay, I'm we're not gonna win this. We're not gonna win. It's it's over. We're not gonna get to the final. And and I remember uh Romani, Ricardo Romani is he is also a Palmeiras fan. And he went to the final against Flamengo that was played, I think, in Uruguay. Said if I'm not mistaken, Montevideo. And I I told I, when we did a, a game together on on Thursday, and he was like traveling on Friday. The game would happen on Saturday, and we we're doing like a Brazilian match on Thursday. And I said to him, "Man, don't worry, just go. We're gonna win that." After that River match, I was like so confident. And when when Vega scored that early goal, I said, "Man, it's gonna be today. It's gonna be today." And but you know. We have that impression that, come on, man, we play like two Libertadores in one year. We won two Libertadores in one year. It's unbelievable. And no no other team is going to do that because we're not going to have two competitions in the same year again. I hope so. But uh, it's insane to to think about that. But those two Libertadores, of course, for me, I have like more special than the first one because, as I said, the first one was a little bit younger. But I, I could enjoy this two more, you know. I, I remember the second one against Flamengo. I also was at one of my best friend's house and, and I was like jumping on the swimming pool. So it was, it was crazy, man. Yeah, and you talk about that 2020 season when you guys, of course, won that championship. But looking on the opposite side, as Santos supporters, I was hoping that River Plate might get uh, into the finals so that maybe it would be an easier match but we were playing Boca Juniors ourselves which was mm. meant to be a tough game didn't end up like that I believe we scored three goals in Villa Belmiro which was mm -hmm. for a team that hasn't competed or competed at a high level in Libertadores since 2011 but luckily for you you had something to cheer for and party after that final but ever since then uh, things have gone well but Sometimes they haven't. Looking back in uh, 2023 season, from a fan perspective, starting with the Campeonato Paulista, where you guys had the chance to play Agua Santa, had a tough time there, but again, got the job done. And then all the way to the Libertadores, when you guys lost to Boca Juniors, that same opponent that Santos reversed in the uh, semis yeah. in 2020. So nevertheless, in the Brasilia Rao, were you able, uh, you guys were able to steal the style from Botafogo. What does this mean for you? And do you expect the team to fall apart in the coming future since, uh, especially after winning all those trophies for so long? Man, uh, let's, let's start in January 
when we did have the, the Paulistão and I think we did not lost any of the Clásicos. So we won against Santos, we won against Corinthians, and we won against Sao Paulo. I think we tied Corinthians in the Neo Kim Cardinal. I don't remember, 1-1, something like that. Uh, but I was at the, the Allianz Park in the 4-0, the second leg of the final of the, the Paulistão. And, you know, the team is playing so well. And I bring Abel Ferreira's back once again. The subs, the move, that everything that he is like, sometimes he's he's just like, Man, he goes back to the locker room before the the referee blows his whistle for the last time, and he's one of the first ones to come back to the pitch without like any expressions. And Palmeiras just man clicks and and play a, a different ball game in the second half. But you know the the Paulistone Championship brought us like wow once again, and we won the Copinha also the the under twenty competition here. Uh, for the second straight time in 2023, so we want 2022, 2023, that the, the competition that last season, Andrik was uh, the best player. He was like playing that. So it was really nice. I, I love to watch the, the Copinha, especially because we got to know the players from the youth system really well. But the uh, Libertadores is a the Boca game in the Libertadores. I was also in at the Allianz Park. Uh, it was a tough one. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of the Argentinian football. I really, I love, I watch the Liga Profesional. And, and another fun fact here, I traveled to Buenos Aires, uh, I don't know, a month before the game. And I bought a Boca shirt. And, I, and my friend that was with me said, man, are you sure you're doing this? <laughs> are you sure? I said, yeah, man, don't worry. We are fine. We're getting back to the finals once again. And, well, it, the shirt's on my on my room, but I never wore it since I came back to, from Buenos Aires. Uh, but I, I think that game against Boca, man, was, I don't know, I feel that we're, like, having that confident. We are having... Uh, we put the Brasileirão away. We put the Brasileirão apart. That's uh, I think when the semifinals we were like in fourth or fifth place, and, and Botafogo was like fifteen points ahead of us. And 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 when we lost, especially in the PKs, I remember the first one was Everton saving Cavani's first PK, and and then Rafael Vega, that's like the our specialist. He lost also his PK. I said, man, tonight's not going to be the night. Vega, because I was also in that Brazil Cup last season when Sao Paulo, Palmeiras had like three PKs in the game. Vega missed it twice. And, and also he also missed it in the penal shootouts when Sao Paulo eliminated us in the Brazil Cup. So I said, man, when Vega misses a PK, it's a bad luck game and we are out here. But I think we played really well. We like uh, was a nice a tie. I think it was a tie. Yeah, it was like a new new in La Bombonera, the first leg. And but I I really love the the Argentine football. And I I mean, man, come on! I was I was cheering for them in the final. Sorry for the Fluminense fans, but I was against Fluminense. Man, come on! No, 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 no Brazilian team needs to win the the Copa Libertadores. <laughs> I was cheering for Boca, but. 
it was like sensational, man. And I don't know, you guys are gonna talk about the Brasileirão, the the final stretch now, or or you guys are gonna? Well, of course we're gonna talk about it because you mentioned <laughs> Rafael Vega and missing penalties. It reminds me of his missed penalty that he had when Chiquinho scored that one nil win in the first round of matches. So the game mm -hmm. ended 1-0. Rafael Vega missed the penalty. But do you think that the return leg against Botafogo, that turnaround, that huge comeback, do you think that if you guys had not gotten that, the you would have the Brazil Rao title at the moment? Or would the story have been different? Nah, man. That that is the game that really overturned the, the entire Brazil Rao. That 4-3 in the Engenhão. I was broadcasting that game with, with Charles Mills and I told him uh, during halftime, I said, man, of course, off air, I said, man, if we if we won this match, I'm going to the mall like tomorrow morning to buy that, because Palmeiras was like debuting that, that green shirt, the beautiful yeah. one, the, the third kid. And I was like, man, I need to this, I need to get this and, and if we got that, it's going to be a good luck. And when Chiquinho went, was like, okay, the, the three new at halftime, Palmeiras was like horrible. And once again, no subs, no subs for Abel. And Palmeiras just came back in five minutes. Andrick scored a goal. And Chiquinho had that PK, man. Could be like 4 1, 35 minutes in the second half. And, you know, of course, there was like, People were not happy about Adrielson's uh, getting the red car. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a foul. I think I also said in the, in the broadcast that I did not would give him uh, the red card, but the referee did. So better for us. And and man, I, I have no idea how, how we won that match. I have no idea how we won that match. And it was just like unbelievable. Man, and, and after that match, my I remember, and, and I also remember that, of course, I heard you guys, Fantini was broadcasted the, the Curitiba match. And, man, I when I told him, I said, man, it's Palmeiras, man, Palmeiras, Palmeiras. And he was like, man, the, the Brasileirão is over, man. It's all about you guys, and you guys are going to take. And I think it was like match week. 30 or 29, something like that. We had like 10 more games to go. And and but I think that that game, Palmeiras Botafogo, was the click, you know, when everything like because after that we were like out of the Libertadores. We were like focused 100 percent into Brazilian. And you guys know how the schedule works here. We are about to start like in the end of February now. The Brazil Cup, the Libertadores. So now the teams are gonna play in every every other two days. It's uh it's insane. It's it's ridiculous how the schedule here uh works. But uh, we have nothing. We cannot do anything about it. And of course, the coaches always talk about that during the press, the, the players, and but. You know, it's it's once again, it's all about the money, man. If you have games on TV, more money for the clubs, more money for for the confederation. So it's it's all about the game. But that four three match, man, I think was probably the top three matches that I watched 
of Palmeiras and 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 the top one of of course. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna put in my top one broadcast match it because I did the the Palmeiras title in 2022. I broadcast the Internacional Americas match that happened uh, in the afternoon mm. in. And it was like Palmeiras in first and, and Inter was the second place in, in 2022. And if Inter did not win the game against America, Palmeiras would play Fortaleza later that night. But Palmeiras could win the, the league without playing. And, and that was happened. And I was the, the play-by-play guy in that, in that match. So I think that was my top one. Yeah, I remember that game well. Did wasn't there an uh, an offside goal called off? Um, yes, who scored for Inter. I think uh, it was like Alemão or 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 uh, Pedro Henrique, something like that. Yes, the blonde, yeah. the blonde yeah. one in the in the the winger. Yeah, was, they thought yes, they won. Was... They thought they won, and and yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting time to be a Palmeiras supporter. And I do want to ask, though, before we move on to looking forward to this, uh, the 2024 season, um, looking with hindsight, obviously everything turned out well, but Leila Pereira obviously coming under tons of fire. Um, Botafogo, one could argue, of course, Enric and I call Palmeiras the lean green machine. Mm-hmm. All they seem to do is win. They have this focus, but one could argue that it was less of a Palmeiras win than a Botafogo kind of choke. Yes. So are you, how do you think about the, you know, the reinforcements and kind of the, the posture that Leila Pereira has taken in terms of bringing new players in, even in this off season, it doesn't seem like they've added a ton of players. No. Um, you know, going forward, do you think this is going to be a problem? Are you kind of in that camp? Or do you think, hey, we've got a good thing here. Let's not ruin it. Let's not overthink it. Let's just keep things as they are. No, I, I totally uh, think that's the second part of our question. It's like the perfect, because we do have, as I said, for me, the best coach ever for Pomers. Mm-hmm. He is doing what he's you know, he's working with the pieces that he has. So, of course, who would imagine that, like, Marcos Rocha, that's our right back, would be playing as a center back and, and we work, you know. And, and in the Brasileirão of last season, we were, like, playing the, the 4-2-3-1 formation, the classic one, with Rony on top and, and Dudu on the on the, the sides, on the wings. And Dudu got injured. Rony sucked last season. And he said, okay, I'm changing everything, man. I'm going to be playing with three defenders. In Palmeiras, I don't remember playing with three defenders in the last decade. So he said, I'm calling this. I'm. It's If it doesn't work, the blame is on me. And he just said, okay, we're going to play with Murilo, Gomes, and, and Marcos Rocha. But I think like it's totally different what the, the process that he did. And, and as you said, I mean, we did not sign single player in the last transfer window not this one in and of course in january but the, in the in july of last season and and i think that he worked really well with the pieces that he had and also uh the academy we had like an amazing academy that's of course uh, brought a lot of money for the club and also uh uh, he he said 
I think in the last match against uh, Santos uh, during the press, uh, he said, well, man, uh, every single player that's on our academy here knows the style that I like to play, knows like how Palmeiras is going to run. So when they have to step up here, uh, it's they are going to be playing in my way. It's, it wasn't against Santos, it was against Bragantino now midweek because Palmeiras, of course, playing next Sunday. The, the Brazil Super Cup final against São Paulo. So Palmeiras play uh, against Bragantino with uh, reserves. And most of the, the players, like Steven was on the, the team, Vanderlan. So uh, half of them are from the academy, of course, that's now playing the professional. But they was brought by Abel. It was really interesting to see that Abel. Also, of course, if... It, I think that he can say if they are not bringing players to me, I'm gonna have to go to the to the youth squad and 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 pick some ones. So I think that's working well, and and I that's I think that was probably one of the problems that Abel had with Leila. But now they are all like on the same page. Anibal Moreno, man, how I told you guys, I really love the, the Argentinian league and, and Anibal played really, really well for Racing. And he was playing with Matias Rojas that's now playing for Corinthians. And, you know, the the duo, they worked really well together. Of course, we know that Matias Rojas is not having his time here in Brazil. I don't know what's happening to him because he was like one of the leaders of that Racing squad of Avellaneda, and now he doesn't seem to to know how to play football once again. But I think like uh, we had a, the problem that Palmeiras brought uh, Bruno Bruno Rodriguez from Cruzeiro, and he's injured already, so we're gonna miss him for the, the next five months. But I really hyped on on Anibal Moreno. I think that that he's gonna have a good decision now. With four stoppers. So Palmeiras now has Zé Rafael, Gabriel Menino, Richard Hughes, and Aníbal Moreno. So I know it's going to be nice for for him to have the rotation. To And he said also in one of his presses that, that every single team that he's putting on, he, every single player, they, know, they need to know how to play together. So Aníbal needs to know how to play with Zé, with Richard, and with Menino. So it's going to be nice to see the midfield of Palmeiras, how it will work this, this 2024 season. Yeah, and that's the perfect segue into 2024. Um, so I just uh, start with the most basic question here. What are your expectations? I mean, yeah. are, are you expecting trophies across the board? And especially keep in mind, I believe Andriki's going to be 18 and liable to go to Real Madrid as early yeah. as this summer. I think he's confirmed, right? So yes. what are your expectations, even with that, in the back of your mind? It, it, that's a, a tough and a, a tough situation that Palmeiras will have to handle because he's moving to Real Madrid in July when he turns 18 and the transfer window opens in the summer. He's leaving Palmeiras. That's Everybody knows that. Abel Ferreira knows that. Uh, I think Palmeiras is one of the contenders for the Campeonato Paulistas. As always, of course, Palmeiras, uh, São Paulo. I think the two teams that are 
better than Santos and Corinthians nowadays. Corinthians, man, I have no idea what's going on with Corinthians. They are they put themselves in a big trouble. And I'm happy with that, but <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, I think Palmeiras and São Paulo are the, the two contenders for the Campeonato Paulista. I think they, Palmeiras can win once again. Uh, but I'm really high once again in the Copa Libertadores. I think we can have a rematch of Palmeiras and Flamengo in the final of the Copa Libertadores once again. That's going to be played in Monumental de Nunes. So now we also already know that the Common Ball confirmed that the final will be in Buenos Aires in Argentina. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm that Palmeirense. I'm the Palmeiras fan. I think the, the most optimist one. Because I'm always like, man, we're going to win it all. We're going to win it all. When we can do it, you know. But I've been in a in a... I think if we're gonna focus in the Copa Libertadores because it's it's so real, we cannot take man, uh, you know, three competitions. We cannot uh, be playing like the Copa do Brasil, Libertadores, and Brasileirão at the same level. I think it's impossible for every single club, and that's why I think Palmeiras is gonna focus more in the Copa Libertadores. I don't know. I think I really feel the players love to play that competition you know of course it's an international competition and and so i think they do have like that on mind in mind but palmeiras are playing as of course we're recording here on the february 2nd uh, palmeiras have a huge game in two days on sunday on february 4th against sao paulo the the super cup final that's the brazilian winner against the copa do brazil winner and palmeiras and sao paulo facing each other that's the opportunity for the first trophy of the season. I think that would be amazing and, you know, could give the team the, the confidence that they need to progress throughout the season. Um, Palmeiras uh, tied at the first match of the, uh, the 2024 season against Novo Horizontino. And Rafael Vega said, man, we're getting... Back, you know, it's calm, calm down. And, and Palmeiras, after that, just won three matches. That last one against uh, Bragantino was crazy one when uh, Flaco Lopez, the, the Argentinian, scored a header on the, the 91st minute. But I feel like uh, we can do once again a huge year. I think we can have a tremendous season. And I'm like really hyped on Abel Ferreira, man. I, I truly believe that, man. I love the game, and I think that we are going to win. If I can tell you, I've got, of course, uh, I think we can, we're going to win. In, we're going to win the, Palme the Paulista and the Copa Libertadores, man. Of course, the Brazilian is going to be tough, and the Copa do Brazil also. It's a cup that Palmeiras enters only in the third stage. So I think the Paulista and Libertadores sounds good for you guys. <laughs> Well, hopefully another team wins it and this is the perfect time to mention the Super Cup as well because you guys are versing a team that are familiar with, especially in the Paulista when you were able to make a turnover just like against Botafogo. This happened against Sao Paulo in the final. But then in the Copa do Brazil, uh, they eliminated Palmeiras uh, and a couple of weeks later, you had an opportunity to verse them in the Brasileira, one, I believe, 5-0 or 5-1. Crazy game, a lot of goals. And talking about goals, something that 
Palmeiras, we've seen from Palmeiras this season is that they concede and they're still yet to keep a clean sheet in the Paulista, which might be worrying. But mm -hmm. we expect the match against Sao Paulo to be easy, looking at how Sao Paulo has been performing lately and especially being Copa do Brasil winners for the first time. And we also need to remember that Sao Paulo has a, a new head coach, Thiago Carpini, the, the youngster one, only 39, 38 years old, something like that. that he was in the fi Paulista final last season with Agua Santa. Then he went to Juventude to, to bring Juventude back to the, the league. Because in 2022, Juventude was playing the Serie A, the Brasileirão. Last season, they played the second division. And this season, they're going to be playing back, of course, the... So Carpini did a hell of a job there, uh, a great work with Juventude. And, you know, after winning a title that São Paulo never had before the Brazil Cup, the players are like high. And I think like Caleri is playing phenomenal. We watched the, the São Paulo Corinthians game that they just played in the Campeonato Paulista. Uh, and I think like the team is, you know, The team is together, man. When you do have like that chemistry in the locker room, when you do have like the the confidence, you you can go it. You know, I'm 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 kind of worried. It's, uh, it's talking about a, of a, a Palmeiras fan here. I'm a little worried because, as you said, Henry, we need to to improve our D here, man. And and I don't know. I'm not a big. I'm not the biggest fan of the three defenders that Abel are using right now but you know as once again i said i trust the man i i, I we don't know that if lucas moore is playing the game on sunday he is injured but uh palmeiras won't count on andrick man so andrick explained the uh, the olympic the qualification to the olympics with the brazil under 20 squad now in venezuela so i think that like Palmeiras, it's more, uh, it's a biggest loss for Palmeiras not having Andrik than for Sao Paulo not having Lucas, you know, because uh, I don't know if Hummus also is playing and, and, but Sao Paulo, man, I don't know, Wellington Hato, another player that uh, under Carpini has been phenomenal. He also played really well uh, towards the end of the season in 2023. So I think like, Luciano Caleri, man, the São Paulo energy is there, you know, the, the team is, okay, we can mention that it's a very old team if we put numbers on it, like Rafinha, Lucas, uh, Ramos, it's a, a, a an old squad, but they are together, man, it's, it's I think like it's going to be a very even match, I think, but I, I, as I said, I'm very optimistic, so I think Palmeiras is going to win that once again. So we can start the season in the right way and with a trophy. Okay, so you mentioned Enrique a little earlier, but another name that we're now familiar with is Willian Estevao, other called as Messino. So what do you know about this guy? And maybe you can tell us more of any other player that has come from the academy and could be a great star for the Palmeiras team in the future. Uh, fun fact, one, another one here for you guys. I go to the same place where Stevon cut his hair. So we have the same barber, man. It's, it's nice to, to share some, some momentum also with, and with Stevon. 
the the little Messinho, the little Messi, as now the the media has been calling him, and but he is spectacular, man. I I went to a Copinha match when Palmeiras lost actually to to Aster. Uh, he's playing now with the professional squad. He is so good. The uh, the one v one. He's that typical winger, the vertical one, the, the Brazilian factor, you know, the Brazilian style that he likes to play the one v one, and he's really fast. But I think that uh, he's gonna be the type when he when he and Andrik start playing together. I remember that I went to a Brazil, a couple of the Brazil under twenty game against Vasco Palmeiras and Vasco in the Allianz, uh, 2022, I think. And Andrik and, and Steven were playing together. Luis Guilherme was on that team. Um, uh, Vitor Hayes and, and I think Fabinho was the the stopper. So uh, almost uh, this every single one that's now playing for the professional level, they were at this this game. And Steven, man, he was like 15 playing an under 20 tournament and destroying everyone. So it was like insane. And and I think that he's going to be also sold by, I don't know, he's going to be sold by 60, 70 million euros. And uh, Chelsea already showed interest in him. Barcelona showed he, and he also uh, said that he, uh, his main goal, of course, is to go to Barcelona. That's like the club that he loves. I don't know if he's going to be playing alongside Vitor Hockey in a bit. So it's going to be nice to see. But another name that comes to my mind right now that, of course, everybody, when we start talking about players, think about the, the top, think about the strikers, the wingers. But a guy called uh, Vitor Hayes, the, the defender of the this U20 Palmeiras team, is really, really, really good. And I think that he... Is one that Palmeiras also can can keep an eye to bring back to play alongside Gomez, Murilo, or or some new formation as Abel would like to to put on. So Victor Hayes is the name of that kid. I love the the Wonder Kids also too. I I'm the the guy that loves to to follow the the little kids. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you can call them little kids, but yeah, the you guys understand that the youngsters. Yeah, 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 yeah. We might have to cut that lesson. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> uh, Enric and I, we're the same way. We're we're always looking at Copinha, and and uh, it's been good fun. And I remember very well that uh, that I think it was twenty twenty two Copinha Santos Palmeiras in the final. Yes, um, and I remember I woke up early, got my coffee ready, and then of course they got smacked. But um. Andrew. Yeah. And uh yeah, exactly. Nothing you can do. But um wanted to ask you too. Um, I'm not sure if you saw the the most recent game, uh Santos versus Palmeiras. Um, just wondering kind of your take. Enric and I are both Santos supporters. Mm-hmm. What are your take on Santos? Of course, relegated for the first time ever, but uh Enric and I were talking last night, and I think this team is looking more solid than they did last year for sure. Um, I was just wondering, curious, what your take was on Santos and also how Palmeiras uh, played against them. Uh, I broadcast, uh, I think it was Santos Portuguesa two weeks ago or a week ago. I don't remember now. 
but I I totally agree with you. I think Santos is playing better this season than they did last last season. Uh, of course, they brought uh, some veterans, and 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 you know, I think like John Schmidt is having a, a an amazing season, and he and I think John Schmidt is going to be a key player and an X factor that that you know that the the media is not going to talk a lot about him, mm. but he's going to be so important for the team. He is that midfielder, like like the box to box one that he's going to be bringing the ball. To help, I think, Giuliano, and as we said, veterans like Giuliano, William, they know how to play the Serie B. I think they're they going to be fine in the second division, Santos. And But, you know, man, it's, uh, I don't know, new head coach, Caril is also trying to put his style in. Uh, I was talking to, to Destri, to Maurizio Destri, and I said, man, Santos playing better now because, you know, the, the players... Are right, like really into the project. They they know what you do, and and Carilli already thinking a more defensive way. So I think it's better for the the Santos squad. I think they're gonna be fine this season. You guys don't need to worry. <laughs> yeah, that's that. I mean, that's great to hear. We talked yeah. to uh, Gabriel Fu as well, and uh, he was a little bit less optimistic. <laughs> No. But but yeah, and you know that was a little bit ago. But uh, you know it's it's good to see, and I think also it'll help Santos. Before I'm not sure that they had a great goal in mind. Maybe Sudamericana, uh, Libertadores was always going to be a stretch. Now there's a clear goal that is get back into the Serie A, um, yeah. and I I think I think that kind of helps with the message. Um, all right. So now and, and just just to to finish that that Santos part, I yeah. think the schedule also will help Santos because yeah. we are talking about a team that's not going to be playing the Brazil Cup, that's not going to be playing any other international competitions. They only have the Paulista now until like April, and then we they do have like twenty uh, thirty eight games of the Campeonato Brasileiro, man. Yeah. That's it. So come on. Just have to focus on 38 games, <laughs> not less than that. So, uh, we, of course, we're joking here. We're talking about Palmeiras, Botafogo, Flamengo that are going to be playing like 70 times this season. <laughs> so, come on, Santos, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Let, well, let's let's truly really hope so. Um, so now going back to Palmeiras, uh, we talked a little about some of the players and some of the criticism uh, of Leila Pereira. You mentioned Anibal Moreno coming in from Racing. Uh, you also mentioned briefly Bruno Rodriguez, who's injured. I believe uh, Gabriel Fu called him a bagre. Uh, nah. The... <laughs> um, what else do Palmeiras need to do in the window, if anything, uh, in your view, to strengthen the squad? Man, I think that we need a striker. We most definitely need a striker. Because you already brought that up about Andrik. We're losing our number nine in July. But, you know, Honey ups and downs, that roller coaster, the, the momentum that he had last season wasn't really, really nice when Abel really put a hand on the bench and said, man, come on here, you're going to be a reserve. But, so I think Palmeiras should Go for a number nine. There was uh, a news. Let me just see if we've got a, got a, a breaking news here. Oh, let's get a breaking news. 
No, but I I was talking to one of the reporters of Pomers, and there was um, a player. I'm just bring the name here. It's called Lazaro. Lazaro, remember now? Oh yeah, from Almeria. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From the youth system of Flamengo. So Palmeiras is uh, really seeking to sign him in the next couple hours. So I don't know when this this episode uh, is going to be released, but we might have some news of Palmeiras with that. So Lazaro is, is a player, still pretty young, can do great here with, with Palmeiras, but I think that we need a player like Suarez, what he did to Grêmio last season, man, amazing. Uh, Palmeiras, I think, need a big sign, a sign that's gonna shake the club. Said, "Wow, the uh, star, you know, international star, that gonna be putting our eyes on Palmeiras once again." I think if if Leila Pereira, man, sign, I don't know, Cavani, or I don't know, some other players like that, you know, and. I think Abel Ferreira would be happy. I think the fans would be happier than they are right now. But uh, I think that Palmeiras is missing that huge sign. But I mean, I just to go bring to back to your question. I think we need to sign a striker, man. We need to sign a striker because I don't know. Flaco is is becoming uh, that you know the player that's playing right now due to the absence of Andrik. But I don't know if Flaco Lopez had that punch to play against Boca Juniors in, in La Bombonera in a Libertadores semifinal, you know? You understand what I mean? I mean, come on, man. It's We need someone to with balls, you know, to play that type of competition. Yeah, I mean, Palmeiras definitely is going to need a striker, especially when Enrique left. And Talking about Enrique, you had a chance to have him on an interview with Palmeiras a couple months ago. So how did this come to happen? And is there any chance or anything interesting that you learned from this kid in person? Man, uh, another fun fact. I went to, I was at TNT and he, and TNT is the, the main uh, holder of the, the Champions League here in Brazil. So we broadcasted the UEFA Champions League. And Andrik went to the TV studio to do some promos to, you know, some interviews talking about his future. And I was like, man, he's so, so, you know, uh, well with people that like around him that he knows how to, to perform on the pitch and off the pitch. So... Uh, and you know, uh, the fun fact I was about to, to say that I, minute that I heard that he was coming to, to TNT, I said, man, I'm going to the mall. I need to buy, I, because I didn't have any Palmeiras shirt with me. And I have like, I don't know, 30, 40 Palmeiras shirts here. Uh-huh. And I said, I need to go to the mall to buy another one. So I have, I can have him signing for me. And, and I do have the one that he signed, uh, and it's it's crazy and i had the opportunity to talk to him a little bit and, and he told me like man he's really of course seeking uh to join real madrid playing a champions league but he said my focus is to stay here with Formers, win the most titles that i can with the team 
So it's it's of course we know that a player never gonna talk. Oh, okay, okay, man, I'm gonna be playing six months here, but I'm watching uh, I don't know Girona and Real Madrid in the La Liga, and but I feel like he is 17 years old, man. He's a kid. He's still really, really young, and he understands that he that he is a key piece for Pomers. And so it's crazy to think that a youngster understand his role. And I think when he really got that, you know, I'm I'm big, man. I'm playing with the, the Brazil national team. I think he's he's really well and he we're gonna talk a lot about him in the future. But uh Andrik is is that general, you know, that <clears throat> The, the difference maker for Palmeiras last season was him, no doubt about it. When when Abel Ferreira got really criticized when, when Peter brought that up, that the fans were like not happy with him. And the fans were asking like Andrik to be on the starting lineup. He said, okay, I'm going to do that. Yeah, you guys are right. I'm going to put it on uh, Andrik. So it was nice to see that, you know, he have like set his tone and, and said okay I'm important for this squad and 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 I asked him and I said man come on how is the pressure because you're only 17 and if you don't score a goal on Sunday on a Monday morning the media are going to be talking about you and he said man I'm fine with that I I really just want to be playing football I love what I did and he's always talking about his teammates so I feel like uh, also Abel brought this to the team that like the family the unit you know so uh, Felipão back in 2002 when Brazil won the 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 World Cup he had the, the familia scolari so you know every player they were out together they were like man so friends with each other and it's interesting to see now that Palmeiras is having that mentality, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I, I think that's one of the keys and, and one of the reasons why Abel Ferreira has been so successful. And, uh, you know, the longer he stays, you get that continuity. Um, yeah. uh, the longer that, you know. But Palmeiras I think he's leaving. He's successful. leaving next season. He, he's going to be leaving in 2025. Sure, sure. Yeah, but I mean, just contrast that with I mean, even Santos last season, I mean, you couldn't have that even if these guys were uh, Abel Ferreira clones because they kept getting fired. You know, you had, uh, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous, as you know, with Brazilian football. <laughs> yeah. But Laza, this has been so fun. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on. We cannot let you leave, though, without, of course, uh, some predictions. Now, Palmeiras are in the fight for basically every trophy. So if you... We assume you're going to say Palmeiras for all of these. <laughs> if you are, maybe include who will be the runner-up, right? So who or who you'd hope to be the runner-up in okay. some of these competitions in the Brasileirao, Libertadores, uh, Copa do Brasil. Man, uh, Copa do Brasil is so difficult. I think the Copa do Brasil is one of the most difficult championships to project because, you know, it's a crazy one. Uh, but I think, I think Flamengo, oh, once again, the, the roster is so deep, man. They brought some, some big signs such as, as Dela Cruz. I think Flamengo 
uh, will win the Copa do Brasil. I think so. Uh, international, man, I'm putting this on February 2nd. Internacional is going to be the Brasileirão champs this season. Whoa. Internacional. Because they are, they have like the Sulamericana, they're not going to be playing the Libertadores. And I don't know if they're going to focus on the Sulamericana or not, but I think they are going to be huge on the Brasileirão this season. Uh, Inter, I think it's, you know, really, really solid. Um, I think Palmeiras is going to win the, the Copa Libertadores with Flamengo being the runner-up. I hope so. I hope that we can beat them once again. Uh, did I forget some? Copa no. do Brazil, Brasileirão, Libertadores. That's it. And, oh, and the Paulistão. As we are having the Paulistão right now, I think Palmeiras also will win the, the São Paulo State Championship. All right. Sounds yeah. good to me. And I, and I hope that... Uh, if they do, at least Santos gets a, a runner-up, uh, even though it's unlikely. I think it's much more likely to be a Sao Paulo. But, Rodrigo, this has been so much fun. Man. So appreciated that you would you would come on. And you've broken – you've given us two breaking stories. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lazaro to Palmeiras and then Inter are going to win the rest of the round 2024. Yeah. So uh, this has been awesome. Man, uh, once again, uh, for me, it's a pleasure. I'm, of course, uh, you guys can, you know, send me a message. Let's do this once again. Let's let's make it happen. And for us, especially for me, it's nowadays a pleasure to be talking about about football and and having you guys. That's it's the most important. Part. Of course, we do have like the other Brazilians that live abroad and, and, and you know, send us a message throughout the games. But, you know, as you guys, two Americans enjoying the Brazilian and also enjoying the, the broadcast that the way that we did, because it's it's a totally different uh, broadcast than a, than a normal TV. It's more relaxed. But come on, how many times have you guys heard like me, Fiancini, or, or Anthony Wells like laughing on air? It's just like, man, we are there to to enjoy, to be like, we are like watching the game with you, you guys, you know? It's just yeah. like, let's make it happen and it's let's have fun. I think that's the most important part. Uh, and as you guys did, I, I work on like four different places uh, and I broadcast like, I don't know, 10 12 different championships throughout the year and and every single game that I like have to prepare myself for it it's just it's amazing you know I'm gonna be on the Palmeiras Botafogo game that was like probably the biggest game of last season I was in that match but I did and I prepare myself to the same exactly way that I did for Chapecoense in Juventude when we broadcast them, you know, like the two worst teams that played in the Serie A. If, I, if I'm that broadcast, I'm going to try to bring you guys all the infos that I can, every single uh, pieces of history. So it, it's a nice job and, and it's a dream job for, to be honest, you guys. So uh, once again, thank you very much for, for stick with us. You know, every, I, I said sometimes to myself, man, who are going to be watching the Tuesday, 7 PM here, the local time 
bad game. And I say, man, th there are some people that are watching us. So let's make this, you know, the, the best one. Well, that's what we love about Brazil. There's always a game happening during a specific time of the day. I believe starting yeah. from 2 p.m. when even the Paulista second division matches are usually played and then mm -hmm. going all the way to seven or nine. So it's been amazing. I really like the interactions that you guys have with us as viewers, with the shout outs, everything. At times it feels like watching a, a live streamer on Twitch where you're typing messages and yeah. he's talking at the same time. So I'm really appreciative of that. Ah yeah. man, it's it's nice for for me once again. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. And then one last thing, I just you, like you said, the relaxed nature of it. It truly does feel like you're just watching the game with your friends. Mm -hmm. And now we've been so fortunate to to meet a lot of you guys and and befriend you guys. So uh, once again, thank you so much, um, everyone listening. Thank you to you as well, especially if you've made it this far in the episode. Uh, we will be back very soon with more Brazilian football content in English. But until then, have a great night.